Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of Public Planter Publishing Podcast. I'm your host, J.K. Fowler, and today we're going to be talking about weaving the literary ecosystem. Um, we are going to start with just talking about a definition of what uh, community means and some opportunities there to interrogate our, our uh, definitions of community. And we're going to be talking about nodal networks and mycelial networks and different conceptions of how we think about our literary ecosystem. And then we're going to talk about some opportunities um, to connect to others, either in the literary ecosystem and our civic institutions. Um, and so let's just dive right in. I think the first thing, the first place I wanted to start was thinking about um, our definition of community, right? And I think there's a lot of opportunities here to explore what that means for, for us. We may have grown up in um, a household or in communities where that was fostered and supported, and we may have grown up very isolated and in communities that didn't support community, but rather supported um, a more fierce definition of individuality. And so as we think about what our definition of community is, I think that's really important because that's sort of the foundational guide for how we're going to engage uh, in the work of weaving literary ecosystems. So I'll share that for myself. The way that I came to this was, um, you know, I grew up in an area where we did have a sense of community, but it was limited to certain certain groups. And so oftentimes I think we find these, these limited senses of community, but I'd always longed to build something uh, bigger than what I had grown up around. And so it took me time to interrogate, you know, what sense of community I was coming from and then also what kind of community I wanted to head towards, right? So thinking about um, how I wanted to, how I wanted to build um, with others. So the way that I currently think about community is as mycelial networks, a mycelial network of support where we lean in to help each other when possible and when necessary, that we help each other grow, but we also do so by holding each other accountable um, to push others and ourselves towards self-discovery and towards working on ourselves. We all have things that we need to work on. And so I think my sense of community includes, you know, pushing the people that we love and care for to be better, be better versions of themselves. Um, and also let them know that they're doing, you know, a great job in their current state. So I want to talk a little bit about mycelial communities because mycelial networks, because that was something that really um, was very interesting and, and informed the way that I thought about how I approached the work at Nomadic Press and building our, our literary ecosystem. For those of you that don't know, uh, mycelial networks are networks of the invisible part of mushrooms. The visible part that we're most familiar with is the flower. And so that's the part that comes, you know, above ground and comes in all different shapes and sizes and has all of these amazing medicinal uh, characteristics. The 
mycelial network is the the kind of foundation to those those flowers that pop up and they're extremely small they're like 12 to 20 um, micro milliliters mi micro millimeters excuse me and they um they form this amazing network that's actually if you take into account the network it's the largest living organism on the the planet at the moment and so if you're in oregon and the um, north western united states chances are if you're out in the forest you're probably stepping on this this organism that's considered the largest organism in the world at the moment so it's likely that wherever you're stepping outdoors um, you're interacting indirectly with mycelial networks and these are networks that are a shared economy they share nutrients um, across the forest floors and in between plants oftentimes they collaborate and they have a symbiosis with trees and it's a network that very much mirrors our our own brains and it distributes resources and energy and communicates across um, wide areas. Uh, but there is this piece of shared economy and support that really stuck in my mind when I was thinking about how to approach uh, the literary building that we did at Nomadic Press. So I think it's it's worthwhile to take some time, especially as you're beginning to think about what your what your network looks like and to envision that so that you have a mental picture of, of how you want to build. Um, it could be hierarchical, uh, it could be horizontal, and it could be connective. Um, our, our model was horizontal. It had moments of verticalness and um, those were moments to interrogate you know, what was happening. Uh, but I'll talk a little bit about how we, how we got started in in building the network that we did so again thinking about this mycelial network which is under the forest floor always supporting us always connecting sharing resources the shared economy also thinking about nodes right so centers of activity nodes of activity those could be individuals those could be organizations um, they could be other publishers other literary event organizers. Um, when we first moved to Oakland, I was lucky enough to interact with a number of event organizers. And I started to notice that there were um, just a select few number of people that connected widely to a bunch of other people in the community. And there were even some that, you know, connected across various communities, and they were sort of this glue that held various communities together that otherwise probably probably wouldn't um, interact very much and so this is something i paid attention to as we were just entering into this new space into a new city and i think it's really also important to take into account the places that you're moving into especially if you're not from there to take into account the the work that has already been done in the case of Oakland, you're talking about dec decades of amazing organizing and activism, um, community work, 
community weaving. Uh, that's just the ecosystem that we stepped into in Oakland. So I think there's a an important aspect to reverence and respect for the communities that you're you're moving into and also lots of learning. And so being led by a question or a series of questions, curiosity is an opportunity to reflect on your positionality within that within that um, community, within that city. Um, and it's also an opportunity to think about how you're going to build moving forward um, because there might already be certain veins of energy that you can tap into um, that are going to move your your project much quicker um, as opposed to trying to build something that is actually counter to the existing veins or existing ecosystem that you're you're operating in so going to these original literary events and festivals i was really paying attention a lot to the nodes of activity again that was readings that was festivals that was individuals um, that were natural connectors and so i think in your life you can probably think of a number of people that hurt who are natural connectors and those are those are really important people as you're starting a project like this um, especially if your interest is in, you know, building this mycelial network style of literary ecosystem that's going to support wide swaths of writers and artists and musicians and um, creatives within your, within your community. As you begin, I think one of the biggest things, and it's going to take time to, to really learn what this means for yourself, um, and that's okay. I think for me, that was part of the part of the journey. I think early on, I, I would always say something, you know, build something bigger than yourself. And as time went on, as years went on, I got to understand what that meant a little more. And the more that I was able to let go of pieces of myself that I felt I needed to cling on to, pieces of ego that needed to remain. Um, the more that I was able to let that go, the more I was able to feel free to connect to others without fear of failure, without fear of being taken advantage of, without all the fears that come with working with other people because they show us different parts of ourselves. Um, I really truly sit with that now that as we build, it's really important to build something greater than ourselves. It's really important to build something that is for and by other people. And so that's just something I think to, ref to reflect on. Like, where are you in that journey? Um, and does this project fit within that? And if not, that's fine. But where does your project sit? And, and what kind of question is, being, is, is leading your, your entry into this space? So I think the... The other thing to think about as you're starting is what are you trying to manifest, right? So this is all connected to what we've been talking about. What are you trying to manifest with this project? What is the What does the project look like in five, 10, 20 years? Is this a legacy project? Is this a project that you just are doing 
you know, just for fun for a couple of years? Are you trying to shift the discussions being had in the society? Or is this more just an interest project? I don't think there's a right answer to that. Um, I think it's just important to understand where you're, where you're coming from. The other really important part of that manifestation is, you know, these dreams, these visions of where you want to go are the things that are going to lead you step by step on the day to day. So really be intentional. You don't have to have the answer, capital T, um, but have some sense of where you want this to be in five years, where you want this to be in 10 years and be as specific as possible because that's going to be your your guide as you move as you move toward that and you move through these this community building day to day um so as you move it depends on your the area that you move into but think about Think about the area that you're in, as we already discussed. Think about the history that your area has. Think about um, the existing literary programming, the publishing that's happening in your city. Um, and think about what scale is supported by my local environment, right? When we moved into Oakland, we're in the Bay Area, we were in New York. Obviously, these are huge hubs of cultural activity. So there was no question that we would find support for going to a, a larger scale within these areas. But if you're in a small town, you might want to think about the opportunity for branching out to other small towns, branching out to other folks in the state. And so when you think about you know, your, your network, you might be thinking less on a city scale or less on a neighborhood scale. And you might be thinking on a much broader scale. Maybe you're thinking about, you know, the, the county that you're in or the state that you're in, but find the, the scale of community that you think is going to help support the, the vision that you are manifesting, the vision that you are moving towards. Um, think about time as well. So again, it depends on the scale that you're trying to manifest, but it's going to take time and it's going to take incremental growth and you're going to have moments of immense growth, but this really all depends on the vision of the project that you're trying to manifest, but think about time and be patient with yourself, be patient with the project, be able to give yourself and the project the space that it needs to, to grow at the pace that it needs to grow at. This is one of the important things is that we can, as organizers, we can push um, projects, we can push others, but we have to be conscious that we are dealing with other human beings, we're dealing with limitations in ourselves, and other people, we're gonna hit certain walls as we start to build relationships with people. 
And those might be walls that are related to our own self-work and pieces of our own self-work that we need to explore. That might be pieces of their own self-work that we're you know, coming up against. All of those things need space and time to unravel, to evolve, to change. And so one of the really beautiful things about thinking about a project like this as a mycelial network with nodes is that you can build a web of support that has different nodes of activity. And if you hit that wall with one node of activity or one particular person, you can actually shift to another part of the web. You can shift to another part of the, the network and allow for that particular node or that particular area of the project to exist unbothered, going about at its natural speed, and you can focus your energies on, on other parts of the network. And then as time passes, it might naturally return, or you can you know, revisit and check in. But you know, building a network like this allows for flexibility in the ways in which we work with ourselves and other people. And especially as you start to work with larger groups of people, it becomes more complicated. And so for us, you know, this, the flexibility that this model of literary ecosystem of literary building weaving allows was really, really important to us being able to grow at all, but grow also at the speed at which we grew because we did grow, we did grow quite, quite quickly. Um, but these are all foundational aspects to why we were able to grow in the way that we were able to grow. So they're important to think about as you get started. Some other leading questions that I think are really important, and this is tied to building something bigger than yourself, is what are you willing to give? And related, what are you willing to give of yourself. Um, I tend to think of us as containers of, of infinite energy immersed in baths of, of infinite energy. And when we're able to connect to the flow, tiredness exists but it feels different it doesn't feel the same way and we're able to do a lot more without depleting our resources without depleting our energy so as you start to build with others and you start to weave this literary ecosystem find the flow All right we spoke a little bit earlier about finding the veins of energy that already exist so within communities, you're going to find existing veins of energy um, that exist amongst groups of people that when you tap into it, it's just, it's where people are at that particular moment. It's what the particular interest is. And if you enter into that, you can not only join hands with others that are in that particular vein of, of interest, of energy, of movement, but you become part of the conversation. And so you start to shape and move that conversation 
by joining hands um, with it. So that's another really important part is find the flow. And those might, you know, there might be multiple flows and there likely are, but find those things that are going to feel more sustainable because they tie together with people's existing interests. They tie together with um, where movements are headed. And then you become part of that conversation, which can also include having difficult conversations and pushing against the ways in which things are moving um, so that you can potentially redirect or at least have that conversation um, around the development of the conversations that are taking place within your within your networks, within your community. Um, so when you think about weaving, you think about connecting with other people in the community, who are some of the people that uh, you can connect with? When we first started, um, it was definitely literary, existing literary organizers. So folks who have already been on the ground, hosting events, running shows, they may not have all the answers that you're looking for, but they're going to have a lot of information that they've gathered over the years just from doing the work that you're just starting to do. So definitely get to know existing literary organizers and listen to them, ask them lots of questions, lead with curiosity. The second is um, authors. You know, authors, artists, if you're going to be working with musicians at your shows, all of these folks have been doing the work. They've been in the community. They've been engaging with the organizers. Um, they're going to understand how these things work from a particular perspective and understanding the perspective of the authors or the musicians or the artists that have been working with these folks is really important. A, you get to understand what, what's been happening, right? So there's the historical piece of understanding what, what has been. You also get to find out what has not been working well. So maybe it's issues with pay, maybe it's issues with readers reading too long, uh, maybe it's accessibility and who is asked to read and who is not asked to read. So, you know, thinking about truly representational reading series. And so you get to interrogate, you know, why hasn't that been happening? And how can I be more intentional? How can we be more intentional as we build to actually be representational of the communities, the area, the city, the state, the nation that we live in? You can also partner with universities. So universities are less and less these days, but they tend to have more resources. Sometimes they have resources dedicated specifically to writing, writing and literature. And so these are opportunities as you get to, as you're just getting started, that maybe you can partner with a university. Maybe there's a particular professor that you already know, or you, you appreciate their work. You can reach out to them and maybe you can start a monthly reading series with them, or maybe it's a one-off that you're just doing a reading with the class that they're teaching. Um, but there's a lot of opportunities there to connect. And as you get a little more developed with your project, there might be further opportunities that present themselves, uh, festivals um, that can be partnerships with the university, 
um, various readings outside of the university or within. So that's another one. One that we really quickly um, connected with were civic groups. So Oakland in particular is a very civic-minded city. Um, it has an amazing history of civic engagement. And we started doing environmental cleanups um, in the Fruitvale area of East Oakland that we were that we were in at the time. So very early on, we partnered with the Sossel Creek Friends of Sossel Creek, which was another nonprofit group focused on the restoration of Sossel Creek, which is a creek that runs from the hills of Oakland down to the bay. We also partnered with. Uh, Unity Council, who does work with youth um, in the Fruitvale District. They do a number of things. Check them out. It's Unity Council Fruitvale. Um, if you search that, they'll, they'll come up. So definitely check out their work. And we also partnered with um, the City of Oakland. So the City of Oakland had a tool lending program, and they supported uh, environmental cleanups. And so we were able to get supplies from them. We were able to get access to a particular area that had been cordoned off by the county. And we were able to start these monthly cleanups that enabled us to engage with the community. And we started planting plants, picking up trash. We started talking to people, doing readings at Sossel Creek. And this is how we actually met you know, one of our first authors, Melissa Reyes, who wrote I Am Sossel Creek, a children's book for third graders in, in Oakland. So these are all ways that we can, we can engage. You wanna think about um, local businesses as well. We partnered with breweries, um, bars, libraries, you know, but there are, a lot of local businesses that can benefit from a monthly reading because you bring in a lot of people. Poets and writers generally like to drink. If they don't, there's other drinks they can have. There's food that folks can have. And so partnering with local businesses is a benefit to you. It's also a benefit to the local businesses and driving, driving sales. And that partnership, that arrangement will look different depending on, you know, your, your partnership for us, for some, it was free and it was free because we would bring a lot of people to buy beer and food at the particular place that we were doing the reading in. Um, that was get lit for us, which was our monthly show that featured 12 to 15 writers. And then they would bring all their friends. And so it ended up being quite a, quite a big crew. Um, there were others where we rented the space, but it was very low. It was like $100 to $200, and then we did a share of the sales. So for every beer sold, I think in that particular instance, they would give us a dollar. And so we were paying, but what they were also kind of donating back um, to the project. And in other cases, we didn't pay but there was a there was a a minimum amount that we needed to reach in sales and we had to pay the difference if we didn't if we didn't reach that so 
again, it's just people, right? It's just people. It's about um, having conversations and figuring out what feels good to everyone involved um, to figure out what that partnership looks like to you and your project. And one of the most beautiful things about supporting local business in particular is you kind of get, especially if you, you meet them when they first open, you get to grow with them. And so there's a deep, there's a deep relationship there. There's a lot of love and strife. And I mean, all the things that go into starting a small business. And for us, it was starting the nonprofit. And so we were able to sort of join, join hands and support each other as we, as we both grew. And that was a really special, really special relationship. So at the base of all of this growth, all of this network building is our relationships and the chance to meet and connect with other people to support each other. Again, thinking about this shared economy and network of support, this mycelial network of support is really important as we think about um, growth and, and how we're growing. There are other opportunities, of course, nonprofits, um, other nonprofits are really great to partner with. Other publishers are really great to partner with. You know, one of the things that I noticed in some cases is um, for whatever reason, there's this, there's a sense of competition in the publishing ecosystem, the writing world uh, between authors at times. And I never really understood that. I still don't really understand that. Uh, because none of us is, are making a ton of money. None of us are doing this for the money. Um, there is some, uh, I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. So um, one of the things that building with other small publishers does is it sends a signal that you are not interested in building community that is in competition with itself. Um, and it opens a lot of doors to asking questions uh, as, you, as you hit roadblocks along the way around anything from book design to um, contracts to uh, distribution, you know, all the things that we're gonna be talking about in this podcast. You start to build this network of support with other local publishers, other small publishers that are oftentimes going through the same thing that you are. And again, you're building the support network. You're working against a prevailing sense of competition, of strong-armed uh, capitalism, where it you know, pits us against each other. And you're starting to model a different mode of moving, a different mode of support, which is similar to this mycelial network that is under our, our feet at all times, um, supporting our, our general ecosystem. So working with other um, local publishers, small publishers is a really, really important thing. You also wanna get tapped into other literary organizations, um, other literary festivals. If you're a writer, it's really helpful because you can actually start to participate and 
that's something that um, I was able to do. I was actually able to read at these events, read at these festivals, get to know the organizers from that perspective, but also pay attention to how things were running, um, where the gaps were, where the opportunities were, what worked really well. Um, these are all things that you get to see in a really beautiful way when you're actually uh, participating in the in the event itself from the perspective of a writer. So if you if you are a writer, um, that's an opportunity to engage from a different perspective and get a lot of learnings, uh, get a lot of learnings that way. As you go around, this is kind of old school, but think of ways that you can give people something to remember you by, right? Like we're surrounded by a lot of, a lot of people and we meet a lot of people in our daily lives. And when you're at a reading or a literary festival, there's a lot of people. So one of the things that I did early on that I actually found worked really well is I made these ridiculously thick uh, business cards, which again, totally old school. But I have to say, having the physical printed object and having a, an object that had such a, a presence and it was, they were very high quality prints. Giving that to people, introducing myself right as Nomadic Press was getting started, people still remember those cards and many, many folks still have those cards. Um, with those physical cards, you can sort of send a signal as to what your publications are going to be like, what the quality of your publications are going to be like. Um, you can also send some signals as to you know, how you craft objects and who you are as a person. And so that's just a small trick that I found actually worked really well, surprisingly. Um, you know, we can all give out our Instagram handles and our socials and stuff to people as we're out and about. But having that physical object, it doesn't even have to be a business card. It could be a page from a book. It could be an art print that has your project name on it, or you can start to get creative around, you know, what that object is, but having a small investment to create these objects that you're giving out to people as you meet them is a nice way of signaling who you are, that you're here, that you're present, and that you are in the process of, you know, building these beautiful uh, printed objects. And if you're you know, just moving into the digital space with publishing and you just want to have an online magazine or journal. Um, there's just other ways you could think about redirecting people to that website to support your work, but you could start with that, that physical object. So just to recap a little bit, and then we're going to wrap for today. Um, as you think about stepping in to your project, really manifest what it is you're gonna be moving towards. Leave yourself the room for that to change because it's inevitably going to change and shift because you're dealing with other people, because you yourself are a person, and especially if you're doing this for years, you're going to change, you're gonna develop. Um, there's gonna be things that interested you at the beginning that no longer interest you. So manifest, that initial vision, write it down, be as specific as you can. In five years, we will have published 25 writers 
we will have published 20 poetry books and five fiction books. You could even go into, you know, the, the areas of expertise for each of the authors if you wanted to. You could manifest the types of books that you wanted to publish. So, you know, the, even the dimensions or the style. Be as specific as you can to write down what you're going to manifest um, over the next five years and write it down and post it somewhere or keep it in a notebook somewhere that's visible so that you can constantly refer back to that. And as you move along, you can adjust that and you can put out, you know, a new, a new call for where, where you're going to be headed. The second thing is meditate on what community means for you and also meditate on what it means to build something bigger than yourself, building something bigger than yourself. What pieces of yourself, of your personality, of your being are going to be a benefit to you in building something bigger than yourself? Where do you think your roadblocks are going to be? Where, what are the things that get in the way of you building relationships with other people generally in life? That could be in romantic relationships, friends, in business. You know, so this moment of self-introspection, what does it mean to build something bigger than yourself? You have to kind of be real with what yourself is so that you can start to think about how you're going to dance with those parts of yourself to transcend those pieces of yourself and put in the center the community communities that you're building. Think about mycelial networks, research them. They're super interesting. There's a lot of books on them now. It's kind of a hot topic that people are talking about. Read a lot about mycelial networks, read Deleuze and Guattari, pick up books that talk about network structures. Um, they could be brain structures, um, you know, the ways in which our brains work, the ways in which the networks work, just dip into these various models of how things are organized naturally in the world. Again, mycelial networks oftentimes mirror our own brains. So it's very interesting to explore the possibilities there as you think about weaving a literary ecosystem. As you do that, think about nodes. Think about nodes of activity those are people, those are existing organizations that are already deeply connected to others. Think about how you're going to engage with those, right? So the goal is not to engage to colonialize or take over, right? The goal is to engage to deepen relationship, to widen the network, to build other forms of support you know, they might have blind spots, as we all do, and there might be opportunities to help widen that web to support a, a number of other people that may have been left out of that initial conception of, of support, right? So thinking about who to engage with, how they engage, where the blind spots are, how you can step in to, to deepen those, those webs of support. As you do that, find the flow. 
think about what people are interested in. Listen, ask questions, lead with curiosities and questions and find the flows that are going to help naturally propel your project um, so that you're not burning out every two seconds. They exist and it just takes time. So give yourself again the patience and the time to explore, to engage, to make mistakes, to learn from those mistakes, to work on yourself, but find the flows that are going to naturally support your project. Um, I think so often we want to control things because we feel like that is going to give us the results that we're looking for. My suggestion is to search for the flows, the natural flows with a sense of curiosity. And this is tied to letting go of ourselves. We have to let go of ourselves to join that flow sometimes because we're not in control. And I think it's an illusion to think we ever are in control, but we have to let go of ourselves to join those natural flows and be with other people, be with ourselves with other people, which is really difficult, especially if we have a history of being hurt by other people. Um, you know, sometimes it's really hard to let go and trust that people aren't going to, to hurt us again. And they might because we're human beings and we, we do hurt people, uh, but we also love and support each other. And so how do we build those mycelial networks of support that center the loving and the care more and try to lessen the, lessen the hurt, lessen the, the negative impacts? And as you think about all that, think about who to connect with. So do an inventory of your literary ecosystem wherever you are. Again, thinking about scale. If you are in a tiny, tiny town, you may not have the resources, the people locally, but you may have the resources in your county, or you might have to think about the state, or you might want to think about online, right? You might want to build an online community that enables you to connect with people across international borders, not only your state borders. So think about scale and think about what your local environment will support. And again, think about, as you do that inventory, think about all the local resources that you can already connect with. So think about your local businesses, nonprofits, um, engage with civic organizations with your city administration, see what they offer, if anything. Um, you can think about other publishers as well, other literary ecosystems. And there's also other support networks out there like the community um, literary magazines and presses, CLMP, clmp.org is one. This is a, a pre-existing network. It's a, a national focused organization that offers small publishers and writers, mostly small publishers, um, resources to navigate this really complex world of small publishing. So do your inventory on a local county, state, and national level. And that's gonna take a little bit of time 
and you're years down the road, you're still going to be doing that inventory. But in doing that inventory, you're going to get a very good idea of what already exists in the community. And you're also going to get a good idea of what gaps exist. And so where your um, niche market or, you know, way of, of crafting your project is, is going to be. And so those are all really important questions. Um, thank you all so much for joining today. Next week, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be wonderful. And I hope that you can join. Um, my name has been JK. My name is JK Fowler, and this has been the public planter publishing podcast and much love to all of you. And I will see you next Sunday.